listening to season two of Pod. We are sisters, one West Coast, one East Coast, one straight mom of toddler twins, one gay, uh, multiply divorced, <laughs> one lifelong gag of the Chrissy fan, one new reader. Season one got the two of us through the first shitty year of COVID. Follow along with us for season two as we drink and sometimes remember to talk about the book. Okay, well, welcome to ProRoPod! ProRoPod! And a very special episode! Yes, we are so excited today. We're doing something new. We are interviewing Anne Claire, who is the author of the upcoming release through Random House, which is called Dead and Gondola, and is an Agatha Christie-inspired novel that we got to read, um, and Portia is going to read the, the description. Okay, this is the official description from the book. A dead body found outside a snowy Colorado bookshop has the Christie sisters and their cat, Agatha, calling on all they learned about solving mysteries from their favorite novelist in, the, in this new series debut. Ellie Christie is thrilled to begin a new chapter, having recently returned to her tiny Colorado hometown to run her family's historic bookshop with her elder sister, Meg, and their friendly bookshop cat, Agatha. Perched in a Swiss-style hamlet accessible primarily by ski gondola, the Book Chalet is a famed bibliophile destination known for its maze of shelves and relaxing reading lounge with cozy fireside seats and panoramic views, at least until trouble blows in with a wintry whiteout and a man is found dead on the gondola. He's a complete stranger at first, spotted by Ellie lurking around the bookshop and ultimately leaving behind a rare Agatha Christie romance. But when the police get involved, they identify him as a convicted felon notorious for fraudulent behavior. And it turns out plenty of people in town knew about his identity but stayed tight-lipped. Although the only Agatha in their family tree is their cat, the Christie sisters know a lot about mysteries. And they're not about to let the situation snowball out of control. Ha, snowball. I just, okay. <laughs> now Ellie and Meg it's must... A snow sum- pun. Yeah. Now Ellie and Meg must summer their, summon their inner Miss Marples to trudge through a blizzard of clues before the killer turns the page to their final chapter. Anne Claire's perfect snow day includes hot drinks. Oh, this is about you. <laughs> this isn't the blurb. Okay. Which we do want to find more about you we'll ask all right so welcome Anne. well well thank you so much for having me i'm thrilled to be here <laughs> exciting for us as well so i just wanted to say i really liked how you did you know a very classic christy setup but with all the modern twist you know one of the alibis was that they were live streaming on facebook i was like how clever that you brought it it really brought it forward and like what if an agatha christy happened today i really liked the way oh that thank you and we tend to call um stories a murder in a bottle mm-hmm. when it's like a typical christy they're at a country house and there's no possible way that anybody could come or leave because you know whatever it is they're on an there's island there's no outsiders right like there's, there's, a, there's a, a short list of characters yes and you had them. a blizzard so that it was a murder in a bottle which was a nice um you know okay. it's a way to limit the suspects and mm-hmm. you know limit the story so that you're not 
like in the middle of a everywhere. Yeah, and I love those stories too. Like in my dreams, I would have the Snowden manor <laughs> house and five people and people keep dying. That's right. one of my book dreams. I love reading those, so. So um, so is that, uh, is that are you living in a town like the one you described there? Oh, Do you guys get Snowden? I, no, I wish actually, that's kind of my Colorado fantasy. I am in Colorado, <laughs> I'm on the front range. Um, okay. And we go out to the mountains. Those are sort of my my dream locations. If you've ever been to Telluride or Uray or Breckenridge, these little towns and there's ski gondolas you can ride up and down. And I thought, oh, wouldn't that be a great place for a murder like you like you do? And yeah. that's how the idea came about. It was so cool. We were definitely like really like the 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 location. Like I could picture it, and oh, I like, I was trying to yeah. It was it was I don't know. I really liked the location. I wanted to go there. I was like hoping that that's you were describing the town that you're in, and I could know where I want to visit. Oh, I wish, <laughs> I wish. But there are places somewhat similar, especially Telluride, yeah. and there's a gondola that goes up to this little village. Well, it's more of a resort village now, but and there's big Swiss style hotels and chalets, and that's kind yeah, of yeah. And you think the, about it, the politics of locals being priced out because now they're fancy fancy resorts that definitely was one of the underlying themes mm -hmm. of the story um yeah. so i'm guessing that is a current thing that people yes. feel who live in colorado it's a huge thing and especially out in those ski towns um, it's just huge huge disparity like i think the last time we were in telluride if you wanted to buy the, the cheapest thing was eight hundred thousand dollars it was this tiny little walking oh on the outside it was we couldn't afford to live there but at all but and people who work there have troubles too of course and that touches on that a little bit in the book because yeah that's that's really interesting i i because uh, like you know we think about that in in cities like urban displacement people getting priced out mm -hmm. or i've heard about that in hawaii where you know the tourists yeah. people who move displace local but i hadn't thought about it in towns like um in colorado what are you doing portia yes. Sorry. What's the bad thing about the video is that like I get distracted when she moves around. What are you doing? Sit down. Focus. We have a guest. Speaking of speaking of cats, the cats want it. The cat. Oh, it was it, it was your demanding cat. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is quite a problem, and I wanted to bring that in with my character moving back into town. She had to have some place to live, so she lives above the book the bookshop. Yeah, I actually loved her setup. I wanted to live there. Like, I, I, love, I love that like little apartment above the yeah. bookshop with a little the old style kitchen. I was really into that. I was, right, I'm I into it too. She never has yeah. the series could keep going, and she ever has to move. I don't know what I can do. So she needs to there. <laughs> so, so her background. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I keep cutting you off, Portia. Um, that was one of our questions. Was like, so you're hoping this is going to be a series? Do you have a bunch of ideas in your head? Well, I hope. I, I'm working on the second book right now, I'm trying to finish it up. So, so there will be wow. two. Wow. If I finish this, fingers crossed. Okay, awesome. And yeah, I, would, I mean, I would love to. That's that's pretty cool. So you're already already in the middle of of book number two. I am trying to finish book number two. Oh, nice. So as you as you write these, I was wondering with this one, um, do you start with a solution and work backwards or do you write forwards and then just come up with it as you're writing? I have to know the solution and um, I, I do have to know who did it. The first cozy mystery I ever tried and never got published and never should be. Everybody was just <laughs> being so nice, like everyone was nice and I didn't know who did it and <laughs> there was no way for anyone to have done it. So I have realized <laughs> since that I have to have an idea of who's doing it and what that person is doing in the background and what they're up to. 
Oh, that's so interesting. interesting. You tried to do it and then nobody could do it. That's yeah, funny. I mean, or everybody could have done it, which I think, you know, it's a great tactic for surprising your readers and lots of people can do it, but I just kept going along and everybody was, it just didn't work for me. Interesting. <laughs> so okay, hopefully, cool. yeah. hopefully, I know who's done so You it. start with the solution and then figure out what is, okay, that's, that's really cool. How to get there. Okay, so Ellie has such an interesting backstory. Like she's so traveled and all things. Is that you? Are you, or is, is does Ellie have elements of you? Because like I was like her life also. Like I need some prequels. Like she's done a lot of stuff. <laughs> I know. I made her. I made her pre-life so interesting. I thought I want to write about that too. Again, right? I think it's a little bit cozy mysteries are a little bit of a, of a fantasy for readers. I think you know, like you have yeah. this everyday character who who knits and solves crimes or has this wonderful family bookshop. And and for her background, I wanted her doing something something fun that she loved, but then she gets her dream job and it's coming back home. I think in a lot of books, it's like, oh, I have to come back home to, to do this or something tragic has happened. I wanted her to come home for a happy reason and, and to know that she wanted it after all these years. Yeah, yeah, that, re that really came through. Definitely, definitely. Oh, wait, what about um, Morgan? Marin was she mm -hmm. did you have someone in mind for her I was like trying to imagine like well, put so, so, just, just we have to, her. we're not going to spoil too much mm -hmm. but Morgan is in like the second page so um, <laughs> but Morgan is a celebrity actress who has moved to this tiny town in Colorado and then has a book club mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people out there that could be yeah. inspired by you know like she could could have inspired her but was there anybody in particular I was somewhat thinking of Reese Witherspoon just because I love her book club and I like her books and oh, totally. <laughs> I was, yeah totally. I just always like I was thinking she would be you know she, she would be perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and afford it <laughs> so right I, right yeah. exactly oh totally <laughs> yeah yeah um, um yeah because there's okay a so we were trying to count Portia was doing better mm -hmm. than me we we're trying to count the number of Agatha Christie book references and even some other book references that you include like do you have a number have you counted how many you sprinkled in there we count. were trying to like have a contest of tallying them but there's so many I didn't count I hope I didn't do too many or, or no no it's super fun there were so many I mean even us as Agatha Christie like buffs now I was like recognizing some and like pretty early on in the book you paraphrase and you don't even say what book it's from but i think it's from the clocks um talking about a, a bookshop that is taken over by books i love that quote i love the idea of that and i didn't want to just totally steal it from her but i love that yeah that description and then you know so you talked about obviously there was um one of agatha christie's um romances under her um other name mary westmacott, westmacott. um but then there was and then the very beginning of the book was a book club talking about the Cineford mystery. And then you had a seance be important, you know, uh, into the plot. So that was referencing. But then you've got a murder is announced, uh, murder is easy, crooked house, endless night, nemesis. Um, and those are just the Agatha Christie's. And then you had a bunch of Nero Wolf references. Um, Sherlock Holmes references the woman in white, Dorothy, Dorothy Sayers. Yeah, I was trying to write that because I reread it uh, this weekend and I was trying to keep track because I just mm -hmm. remember the first time I read it, I was like, wow, there's a lot of book references and I'm a book lover and I'm like, not sure if I'm getting all of them. Well, I wanted them. I will say, I think my characters are more book experts than I am. And so I, I was thinking this the other day, like they know 
I think they are you. They could list all the Agatha Christie's in order and, and they could do this. And so, so when I was writing them, I would think, what would they know about this? And they're big mystery fans. And I wanted, again, sort of with the fantasy town, I wanted lots of book fans around. Right. Yeah. You did something with between the bookshop and then Morgan's library. And yeah, it was really woven into that really nice. Yeah. The gondolier uh, guy was a big Nero Wolf fan. Mm -hmm. And so he and he had quotes and orchids because he was a big mm -hmm. Nero Wolf fan. So like you definitely make it seem like the, uh, almost everybody in the town is a huge book fan. It is my dream town. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I'd love to live there. And I was just trying to think of ways, because they are big mystery fans, and this is their, this is how they're going to solve the case, they decide, because this is their first case of, of getting involved, that they're going to have to call on all they've learned from books, so. Right. And that's, and that's very, um, when Tommy and Tuppence uh, did that, remember the, uh, help me, Portia, the one where uh, Tommy and Tuppence impersonate. Yeah. yeah, Partners in Crime, mm -hmm. where they impersonate a lot of the different detectives that they got from books. Like, like it's, mm -hmm. I love that pulling yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, and that one, yeah, they were they were at a different every every chapter was a different detective style. So yeah, mm -hmm. um, so uh, it sounds like you are a big Agatha Christie fan, but you said that not as much as the people in the book. I mean, are no. you? Well, I think they're the experts. See, this is where I get I get nervous. Like, I forget endings of things. I forget titles. I'm the person who can reread a book and, and be surprised. <laughs> so oh, good. I felt inadequate because the way those characters, like, could refer to the plots offhand. And, like, you know, we've been doing this. So I've been paying more attention. We've been doing the podcast. And I'll still reread something and be like, oh, that was the killer. Or <laughs> Yes, this is me. So I was so impressed with the characters, their, their complete recall of all the plots. I they are not me. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> often get accused of writing yourself when you're writing a, a cozy mystery of somebody similar maybe to you just a little bit. But yeah, I think, again, they're a better version. <laughs> they, have a better, <laughs> they have a better memory. They'd go out and solve crimes, which I wouldn't do. <laughs> right. All these things so I wish I could books, do. Speaking of books, who's your next favorite author after Agatha Christie? Oh, gosh. Oh, that's hard. Or book. Or book. Oh, my goodness. I've been reading through all the Ellie Griffith mysteries recently with my mom and my aunt and my mother-in-law. <laughs> I got them hooked on them. I don't know if you know her. I don't know did, those. Ellie she, Griffith, I don't know. Um, she does an archaeological series. It's, she's, it's British. And she has a forensic archaeologist who solves crimes oh nice. cool yeah it's neat i love them and so i i read them all and then i got my mom hooked on them and my aunt and my mother-in-law and so we have this little mini book club going oh awesome yeah we we've been um reading the uh franny fisher series have you ever read those those are really oh, fun too i've not read those it's it's australian the, she, that's the name of the detective what's the, the name of the author Portia? oh what is the name I'd have to go look at the name of the. Oh, yeah, Franny Fisher is the detective, and she—it's in Australia, yes. but it's—it's yes. it's in the—it's in the twenties, and. I know what you mean. Um, so yeah, it's a you know, spicy lady detective. Yeah. <laughs> so it's <Yes>. fun. <laughs> um. What okay? What about Christie books? Who's who's your what's your, is your, which is your favorite Agatha Christie book? Oh, this you, is hard. What's your desert desert island? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what's That's yours Portia? No, get her started what's yours okay so amanda and i have very strong opinions um okay. so uh so uh the mine for years has been the man in the brown suit mm -hmm. although doing this um with amanda i'm now 
if I was on a desert island, probably be all of the Tommy and Tuppence books. Hmm. Um, but uh, recent, more recently, I've, I've liked those better. Um, uh, oh God, the the Pororo one in the airplane, mm-hmm. like that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I just watched uh, that. Death in, Death in the Clouds. Death in the mm-hmm. Clouds. Uh, yeah. So there's a few that are like, you know, my go-to that are very much, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, like comfort. Uh, but uh, what about you, Amanda? We're kind of a midway think- through our project. Well, yeah, and I think because we're just really getting into Marple times, you know, right? Spend so much time like getting through all those fraros. No offense, but you know, they can be a little rough sometimes. And so, I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I would say I would say that the Tommy and Tuppence ones, just because they're. I don't know if you've read those, but those are like really fun. Like they're the spy ones. They're still on my list. See, this is, I have to confess, I have not read. There's them so much to read. There's so, There's so, so much. much. There's so yeah. many. That's like it's like you know way past when the pandemic started and we we're we're still only 1931 no we're in the 40s we're in the 40s okay yeah no yeah i read this line and i've memorized it because this is my excuse for not having read everything it's like i think you could read a new thing every month and still be going for seven years yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm holding to that (laughs) so true and like you know we they're dense and so like you know we stop mm-hmm. and read other stuff for fun because you can't you know it's yeah. a lot of murder and it's a lot of heavy stuff so you can't right. handle it too, too much <laughs> right I, I really am fond of the miss marples i do love miss marple i love yeah, it i really like is. her too yeah so i think i yeah. if i can have a collection i'd want a miss marple collection and i like some of those short stories that she's in where she's just like people come by her house um what is it called um, the Tuesday Club Murders? Or Tuesday Club Murders, yeah, or 13 Problems or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Miles, yeah. yeah, and they just show up and she's like, oh, of course. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah we actually problem. just did our, our our episode on The Body in the Library. I think that would say mm-hmm. that's my favorite because it's I, such a classic marble. Yes. It's such a classic murder mystery. I, lo- I really like that one. I love that too. And they're all having so much fun. Like, oh, it's a blonde in the library. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Can you really believe it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I haven't read Nemesis in a long time and your book references it. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's a good one. You know, like, so that's, I, I think I, I, I have read that one because even though it's not in order, sometimes things mm-hmm. will come up in my library. So I've read out of order. Mm-hmm. That's what she's she's I say older, but she's always older, but even mm-hmm. older, older and older, she's yeah. on vacation. Right. Like, well, well, she's gets- the one on the she gets hired to sort it out right is that that's the one she gets hired by um oh, Raphael. but that's yeah, one where so, she's tra- where she's traveling right right and she's in the uh, caribbean yeah. in the caribbean yeah yeah, yeah. i really like that one that's yes, a really definitely good one. caribbean yeah and then he hires her to after his death there's that one that posthumously he hires her to sort out this crime and he doesn't tell her what it is right and right oh that's nemesis out. yeah okay so nemesis is, is like the sequel yes, to that one. Oh, yeah. those are both really good yeah really. i liked it i like i just i love the image sticks with me of well, anyway i won't do the ending but of of her being nemesis i love that idea and her little fluffy, right. fluffy exactly. like, i love her non-threatening old lady yes i love that yeah it was clear well, that your uh graham character the um she's a grandmother of the adults yeah so, um and she clearly um 
is got a lot of Marple-esque. She, but she also is a very big baker. Everybody in this book is good at baking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> cozy mysteries, you get to think about food a lot. I think this is why yeah, I like right. them. I started off writing culinary cozy mysteries and I can't stop myself from putting in food. That's awesome. So yeah, speaking of your writing process, um, um, have you been writing for a long time? Have you been working on this book for a long time? Um, I have two series before this under different pen names that I published. Oh, cool. um, I did a culinary cozy series first in New Mexico, um, Santa Fe Cafe Mysteries, it was called, as Ann Myers, and then I- I was say, are you willing to share that? <laughs> yeah, I am. So that we can share it with our listeners. About it. And then I did, um, I did a book-centered one before this. Um, it was a bookmobile librarian and she was older and she oh, solved okay. crime. She had some Marple-esque in her and so, I always like the older character in there and I like multi-generations. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice touch that you, you have a teenager, you have a grandmother who, um, yeah, is an older grandmother because mm -hmm. she's got, her grandkids are adults. Um, actually, I suppose she's a great-grandmother because she's Rosie's great-grandmother. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know how this works. I hope I got them all set there. In my yeah. mind, they're all <laughs> stacked in there. So, um, yeah, you've got a nice... Um, yeah, a lot of nice multi-generation. The other thing that was nice is I couldn't really tell. There wasn't any ingenues, you know, because even your movie star wasn't young. You didn't mm -hmm. um like, there wasn't a lot of... And Rosie was pretty savvy. Like, she's the youngest character, but mm -hmm. she was pretty on it. Yeah, I was thinking of my nieces. My nieces are pretty savvy, so yeah. <laughs> she's not a lot of niece. And I, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother growing up and listening to books, so there's a little bit of her in there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What yeah. were you saying, Portion, about an ingenue character? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes um, books have, like, uh, you know, a young woman, a young pretty woman who's got a certain trope, and there wasn't a young pretty woman who was a damsel in distress in this at all. So I pass whatever Bechtel test that is. Right, <laughs> that is yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yes, I'm not talking about men. Um, yeah, I, I started writing when I was maybe in my, well, here I go giving away my age and I don't have to because we're talking, but I probably started <laughs> when we were, when I was in my early forties and I just kind of, that's the age I thought, wow, she can, she can be the superhero and start and solve this crime. And so Right? Yeah, totally. Amanda and I are big advocates of life begins anew, you know, yeah. because it turns out when you reach middle age that you've already had three different lives. So, you know, mm -hmm. yes, we've restarted ourselves. So we're, we're big proponents <laughs> of restarting and starting a different thing. I think that's why I do like the older, some of the, I mean, I like characters of all ages, but I, I also really like the sort of middle-aged and on characters in, in books. Yeah, definitely. So what is your advice for other people who are expiring writers? Like you've had a lot of success. Like what's your, what's your advice? Oh gosh. Um, I think it was good fortune, honestly, but I think it's to write, just keep trying, I think, and to keep writing. <laughs> I have several books under the, in the computer there that will never come out, but um, have a great team of people and a helpful agent and, and for this series such helpful editor my editor was great and such a great team so that really helped a lot oh, somebody to tell you what to fix too <laughs> <laughs> yeah we get so attached to our work i mean i don't write fiction but i you know anything you do you get so attached to it it's nice yeah, to have so much from the outside to, to mm -hmm. zoom out and 
see the things that you can't see. Yeah, you need fresh eyes on it. I think that's important. Somebody to tell you. Like for a long time, they were they were riding the gondola way too long, and my nice editor told me like, get them off the gondola. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> she didn't put it like that, but <laughs> you need someone to tell you that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I got the title. I mean, I understand. You were like, yeah, I imagine it's probably pretty scary to have someone look at like your fiction because it's probably feels so personal. It's probably hard to open yourself up to. Do you do writers groups or is it just your editor things like that? Or have you ever done writers groups or things like that? Um, yeah, I'm a member of Sisters in Crime and the Colorado branch, which has been a really helpful organization. I would recommend that to, to all writers. And um, I have a writing, a critique partner who's really great. And I do make my husband read my drafts and my mother and my aunt are very sweet and will read my drafts. But I think it is important to get somebody, um, somebody who can tell you <laughs> where your <laughs> plot holes are, or what could be wrong. Cause it is hard to see with your own work. You, you read it so many times. It's just hard yeah. to know. Yeah. Oh, that's and it's great. hard when it's family members, they want to say, you did great, and yes. then not necessarily tell you. They're too but... nice. Yeah. yeah. Or, or they could be too not nice, but mine are too nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that in, the, your, in your, your family dynamics in the book, that like, it was a really positive, like, family interaction. Like, they all got along really well. And I wanted so... that. I think if you're reading, sometimes there's a lot of stress and I think cozies are the warm cozy feeling and you might as well make everybody pretty happy and I like that about some of the oh like the Thursday Murder Club I've been reading those and I love that series. Oh those are so and good. They're all yeah. so nice. So good. Even and the antagonist is so nice it's like good on you and I love that. Yeah I think that was a nice change because I think one reason I can't read Agatha Christie so often is because there's a lot of bad people mm. or like negative relationships mm. you know sometimes there's just you know the younger siblings who's gonna kill the older sibling for their inheritance and all yeah. that and so it was nice I mean obviously there is a, a, a murderer Murder. in this one but yeah but there but uh but I, I don't know overall it was really positive which had a oh, nice yeah, I was hoping yeah. for that because I do want it's it to inspiring. be a relaxing murder mystery, you know. <laughs> well, and what Amanda and I always talk about that when we're reading an Agatha Christie, I will rate a book lower if the person who was killed didn't deserve it. Mm. Like, I like it when the person who's killed was somebody that everybody hated anyway. <laughs> it, it makes, makes it, it easier. Yeah, yeah, she has such a hard time. She can't stand it when a nice person dies, which makes sense, right? And but she but like, it, it, in these fictional worlds, like, you yeah. need you need the, the murder victim to be, you feel okay about that death so that you don't, this one doesn't haunt you as a, right. as a book. Right, so that yeah. ethically you're like, oh, I'm more interested in the puzzle than I am in somebody's death. Yes. Which, yeah, and you did that for us. Oh, um, thank once, you. I'm glad. Oh, good. <laughs> once, once we figured out who the victim was, which you know that was a, a mystery for a while too. But then it was, you know, it was yeah, somebody not that, that he deserved to die, but he wasn't right. the nicest. He wasn't person the nicest right. person around. Yeah. Right. right. I think even there's rules of writing cozy mysteries, and that seems to be one of them sometimes. Although I have in a, past books, maybe I killed off a, a relatively nicer person, but justice was done. And I think that's what's so nice about Agatha Christie too, is that you know someone's going to figure this out and there will be justice. And right, true. that's the thing that, yeah, because I think that's why people find mysteries so reassuring is mm -hmm. that you know by the end of the book everything will be tied up in kind of a neat bow. Mm -hmm. And that's something to look forward to in a world where that doesn't actually happen in real life. There's no neat bows. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, true. 
Yeah, I think that's why we like them, isn't it? You can try to figure it out, but sometimes I don't even try to figure it out. I just read along and I think it will be figured out and I can be surprised. That's so true, right? Sometimes you want to like compete with the, with the detective and do it. And sometimes you're like, I'll just go along for the ride. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Farrow's being cagey. I'll get there when he lets me get I there. I know he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I know Miss Marvel will figure this out. Right. Yeah. And I do I go back and see how they, I try to, I've reread a few and oh my goodness, I missed that. She's very crafty about putting in clues. Right. Mm -hmm. When you reread it, I actually was doing that for yours. When I reread it, I was, you know, now reading it with the killer in mind and going, hmm, hmm. but it's also, I'm, I, since we're not doing spoilers, Amanda mm -hmm. and I did what we always do where we say, oh, I saw that coming. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I don't want to say which ones we for saw some of the, for, okay, yeah, for some, of the, some of the twists, right? Okay. We'd be like, oh, I was suspecting this, but then it was a red herring. And like, yeah. that was really fun. We're sending each other texts about this as we're reading. Oh, it was super nice. fun. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But that, you know, because we do that to the Agatha Christie books too. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I totally saw that that was a red herring, but um, I miss them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but it's, it's, that's hard to do but that when you can when it's well done it's kind of interesting to have an author try to throw a bunch of clues where you think one thing mm -hmm. and then have it not turn out that way mm -hmm. so it's a nice when it works out it's really nice it's fun. yeah I like reading those. yeah yeah, that's super fun. Yeah, and I think that's one reason that reading mysteries is so fun is because you get the first read where you solve mm -hmm. it and then you get to read it again yes. and look for those clues. It's like you get two books in one. Right. I do that sometimes with the ones I love, but I think oh, <laughs> I did yeah. miss that. Yeah, totally. And yours definitely had enough to, I haven't, I've only read it once. I actually finished it this morning. <laughs> so now I get to go back and like see where you kind of drop some of the breadcrumbs that I missed. So that'll be cool. Yeah, it, now that it's, uh, yeah, what'll be interesting if you wanted to reread it once there's an audiobook, because I know that's how you usually read them, Amanda, you could go back and listen and be like, oh, oh, you're right, you're right. <laughs> That'll be cool. I am excited yeah. about the audiobook. I think I, I usually I would be terrified to hear my own words, but I think this narrator is so. She has a That's great cool. voice and she's an Agatha Christie fan. Is what oh my gosh, oh, nice. what a cool connection. <laughs> yeah. And I find I'm able to just read a lot more because I'm reading while I'm doing the dishes and I'm reading while I'm commuting to work a lot more than I would otherwise. I, I am too. I'm reading the whole pandemic. I was walking around reading with things yep. in my ear. And... Exactly. Mm -hmm. Though today's because I, you know, I have the advanced copy of yours in paper. And so I was literally like, oh, I got to finish it this morning. So I like walked to the coffee shop near my house, literally like walking down the street with the book open. I'm like, I'm going to walk into someone. <laughs> but I was I at that point where I was like, I want to see how it ends. I'm glad you made it safely. <laughs> Yeah, I used to do that, um, walk down the street when I was a kid. I mean, that was also a big, your main characters were definite bookworms. Yeah, so. I saw a lot of you in, in, in that, Portia, because that was mm -hmm. your kind of, growing up, I wasn't a bookworm. As, but, you know, it was like your identity growing up. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I was definitely the kid who would read a book when we were supposed to be doing something else in class mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. fun, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I was a big bookworm too. And I think that's another great thing about you know cozy mysteries. You get to be the, the bookish introvert, or in my case, I'm the bookish introvert, but then go out and solve the crime. And, right, and be the hero. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Bookish introverts save the day. Save the day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Although, you're, book, you're, a bookish, you're a bookish extrovert, Portia. Well, yeah, I mean, right. But <laughs> well, in the book, that's... Ellie, L, that's what she went by. L, L, uh, L was a bookish introvert because she definitely went out to a bar and spent the entire time 
in that scene with the bar with a bunch of people going, can I go home yet? Can I go home yet? <laughs> I, fear, I fear that's a little bit too much like me and I have to I have to make her a little bit more outgoing. <laughs> She's no, I think that's good. Cause I mean, we've all, especially after the pandemic, I think we've all realized how, yeah. man, I, I definitely identified with that scene. Like people that you sort of know but don't want to really spend any time with and you're making small talk. That was a very identified, like relatable <laughs> Okay. <laughs> for us introverts bookish introvert types with yeah, cats exactly. to go home too exactly <laughs> so you must have a cat i have yes we I, we had a cat and then during the pandemic we immediately got kittens so we became outnumbered we have three cats now oh my gosh yeah so you guys will see when you read it um in the book there's a the the cat uh, whose name is agatha is is crucial to the plot so it's fun to have her yeah, woven in Yes, she is. I wanted to also have a real cat in my. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all the questions. Do you have anything else, Portia, that you wanted to ask? I don't think so. Yeah, Thank I mean, you. we appreciated being reached out to um, because it makes us seem like big, big time celebrity podcasters. Oh, that we have a celebrity author uh, interview now. We're gonna, we're gonna blow up even more. <laughs> right. oh, please, I'm so honored that you. That you interviewed me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, it's a blast, and it's oh, it's really cool to actually. I've never been able to talk to someone who wrote a book that I wrote. Like, how cool is that? Like, I mean, you know, imagine like because we always would have these questions, you know, for Agatha. Be like, if we could talk to Agatha Christie, these are the questions I always have the list of questions I would have for great. her, right? Yeah, she'd be a guest, and what? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of an interesting experience because when we're reading the Agatha Christies, these were written, you know, decades ago, and she died. <laughs> 40 50 years ago so yeah well wouldn't it be great to talk to her about it but yeah i've been reading a lot about right. her too and she's just fascinating so right. yeah i really, actually really liked also how you brought in some of her life events apart from the book like that was cool too because we've looked up some of those you know unique crazy. like when she whatever happened when she went off the radar and all those yes. things like right like yes. that's really interesting to bring in. She, yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah we've definitely talked about that and her marriages and then how that affected how she wrote about relationships mm -hmm. and we haven't even read the romances we kind of skipped the romances and obviously yeah, I think they're not really romance we actually changed that wording a little bit on the back because boy they're they're not really romances they're more like psychological studies and thoughts about relationships and the one I talk about in there is really quite dark um really quite yeah, I haven't read that one. I'm really interested. I'm really yeah. interested to know. Well, actually, you know what? I think my very favorite of her is is one of those. It's one of the ones that's not. I can't remember the name of it now. But I, and then what's the one that's in um, Egypt, like in ancient Egypt? Oh, oh yeah. You know what you oh, mean? Yeah. I really love that one too, and that mm -hmm. that one's kind of like way off off her her normal formula. Yeah, and she she married her second husband was an archaeologist, and and she yeah, wrote right. books about going on digs with him that are just fascinating. These nonfiction ones. I was doing a oh reading cool. some of them for a little article I did, and they're just fascinating. Like she goes off to him and digs up things with him in the thirties. What year was it? I forget, but it was it's they're fascinating. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was super fun to talk to you. I hopefully we didn't do it too since we were saying that we don't have no idea what we're doing. So like <laughs> you look like you have great ideas what you're doing. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. Well, this is very exciting and we're excited. We will share the link um for mm -hmm. orders. Um we the book comes out in November. So mm -hmm. the, the link for ordering November first. Okay. Yes. Well that's just probably before I'll be able to yeah. get this edited, yeah. if not well, just after. November. 
Yeah. So thank you so much. Very exciting. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was great to meet both of you. It was great to meet you. All right. Take care, Anne. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.